Hey everyone, Michelle Seidling here with another episode of Food Experience Unplugged. Today we'll explore how to connect our nourishment, food sources, and nature to bring agency through body wisdom and heal ourselves. Here to help us do that is Esther Cohen, a master nutrition therapist and intuitive healing guide. This podcast is available on multiple platforms, including YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and others. Please be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform to be informed as new episodes become available. If you enjoyed today's episode or any of our episodes, please rate and review the podcast on your favorite platform. Also, be sure to check out our website at foodexperienceunplugged.com for some resources as you begin your health journey. Mr. Cohen, welcome to Food Experience Unplugged. Well, I'm very glad to be here. Thank oh. you. Right. Well, we are happy to have you as a master nutrition therapist and intuitive healing guide. I love that. And we am excited to hear what that's all about. Will you take a moment to introduce yourself and tell us what brought you to this point in your life and your career? Yes, happy to. Um, as I started out, in my career early on, well, I, I should always say that I've been cooking since the age of six, and it seemed to be something that uh, is just a God-given gift, and I decided that my mother's cooking wasn't the best, and I started creating foods on my own, and I was also quite an avid nature lover, and so I, I had a lot of uh, childhood games and fantasies that I played that had to do with feeding my community during this great time of like winter storms or survival. And I think what's so fascinating about that, that play and that vision back as a child, that going through COVID really felt like that was how can I support the nourishment in my community, you know, through food. But I also look at everything as food for our body, our being, and our spirit. And so the conversation we're having, uh, the TV shows we watch, um, the time in nature, all of that really nourishes us and feeds us. And so my kind of journey, I early on put myself through art school catering. I started my own catering company and, and the catering became so, so big. Um, I was the first natural foods catering company in Boulder, Colorado. And so I had the perfect town to, to develop those skills in. And that led me to wanting to get my master's in nutrition. And having done that, I was also an avid student of uh, Chinese medicine at the mm -hmm. time. And what I started to learn through Chinese medicine was that everything has a, a consciousness and an energy blueprint or architecture. And I became really curious about the energetics of, of food. At the same time, I became an herbalist. So I was learning the, you know, the energetics of the plant medicines to heal ourselves. And, and as I began to, to work as a nutrition therapist, I would see diet patterns that really express themselves as emotional patterns and even mental illness. So all of that began to, to weave together and I worked more in depth with my clients rather than just giving them a strict diet protocol, looking at their whole life picture. 
and what I now call the voice behind the symptom. What is our body's uh, expression through the symptomology that we are manifesting? And so that's where I look at, you know, what is the consciousness of that particular part of the body or organ or um, system in the body, whether it's the nervous system or the cardiovascular system, you know, when there's dysfunction and dysregulation in that, what is that trying to express to us in a greater sense? And, and so in doing that, that really opened up my own intuitive capacities to get towards what are these traumas that are being expressed through our dysfunction in our being and um, did many different uh, learnings throughout my lifetime in being able to shift these physiological patterns, whether it's ancestral trauma or childhood trauma through uh, energetic work and understanding kind of that uh, body talk, the, the voice behind the system, and then complementing that to integrate um, my science of nutrition. And so it's been a really uh, exciting journey into deeply healing our bodies. That is amazing. Wow. That's, um, I love how you just kind of, you started out at six and really fostered your love of food and nutrition and cooking and just it blossomed from there with your, with your catering and your studies. I just, I love how you, you took the, took the ball and ran with it, so to speak. Yeah, I have that kind of the passion that won't let go. (laughs) (laughs) Cooking wasn't quite enough, you know, but but I love cooking because it is that alchemy. Mm. And um, for me, I taste in my head, if that makes any sense, like in creating a dish, I feel like I can feel where spices and 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 different flavors are harmonious before I put them in the dish. Okay. I know that sounds a little odd. (laughs) It's a a kind of magic. I don't think I've ever been able to follow a recipe, you know, in, in my life, I look at one and it's like, Oh, that's a great starting place. But I kind of like, I would create a piece of, of artwork. It's this uh, really kind of heightened use of what I call the subtle senses. So it's not direct taste, but it's more, mm, I get a taste for what's, what the composition mm. is about. So are you tasting the ingredients and then deciding what to put into the recipe? Um, I don't taste them physically. I've gone through different journeys in my life where <laughs> I have, you know, uh, been on like a, a, a rice diet and then included uh, spices and different herbs one at a time. So I could actually feel their effect that I had an isolation of what basil felt like or thyme felt like, because they're truly, uh, I think they're, they're extremely magical and uh, components and they have an effect on our, our mood and our physiology. Basil is very peppy. It lifts you up. And uh, I, I would make a salad I called a summer salad and it would have fresh basil and fresh dill. And I would, have that salad on an evening where I was planning to go out dancing or, you know, being social because dill is very silly. It has a 
a humorous component to it when you experience it. So it it truly is taking those alchemy of ingredients and and blending them together to create a uh, state of being that you want to have. Okay. Wow. Now, is that what you mentioned, um, the energetics of food and the energetics of consciousness? Is that where, you know, those experimenting and the alchemy is that how does all of that play together? Well, I think those early on experiments led me to I did a lot of studying in the biology of belief, like really trying to understand uh, how our endocrine system, our hormone system kind of is is uh, driven why we think how we think. And um, that's been kind of my curiosity. And that I always wondered when I went back and studied the doctrine of signatures, which is the original kind of herbal uh, encyclopedia, right? Like, how did they know? Right? Like, Mm -hmm. How did we know as humans? It's just fascinating. And so much of what they understood was like in ginkgo biloba, why it has that name, right? It looks like two little brains together (laughs) as a plant. And they really understood that it was a tonic for the brain. And the same with walnuts, right? So everything, as I started to study energy medicine, everything has a vibrational signature. Like it, it vibrates at a particular frequency. And that, that gives it its, its form and function, so to speak. Okay. So, um, when you look, when you look at foods, look at how they grow, that gives us certain information like bananas, they grow high up in a tree. They're very yellow and, and, uh, and, and dense. And so the energy that we infuse when we eat a banana is very up energy, right? It's also sugary and it's in, right? So it it brings our energy up and in like the banana tree itself, right? Because they grow Mm. in these bunches of the tree. Okay. Right. And, and so then you start to, you can meet people and you can say, oh, that person, they're not very grounded and they tend to be in their heads thinking a lot. And sure enough, when you look at their diet, you will see that they eat foods, uh, primarily white foods or energies that bring their their energy up towards their head and either in or out. So they might be spacey because they're eating a lot of white foods, having a hard time focusing. Um, Thoughts are very scattered. You know, they, they don't complete tasks. You can start to see patterns and behaviors that really manifest from the type of diet they get into a particular habit or groove with. Okay. So you, um, so that energy or energetics is just understanding how the understanding the interaction per between you and the food. Understanding the energy that the food imparts to you that our food just is not simply uh, vitamins and minerals. Okay. You know, and I think really traditional cultures understood this, you know, impeccably because they would choose which meals they would eat before battle. They would choose which meals they would eat before childbirth or whatever the ceremony was that was happening so that the food enhanced the quality 
that they wanted to exhibit. Okay. Interesting. Right. So it's that. really looking at the qualitative nature of the food rather than the quantitative nature. Okay. Can, can you give us some examples of either how you yourself did it or, or others that you may have worked with? Um, yes. I, I, especially, uh, women I'll say who were having, uh, difficulty regulating their, their periods, right. And some of these periods were very heavy or, um, irregular. And, um, so I would look at, at their diet to begin with and seeing if they were getting the kind of nutrients that they needed for one to support, um, a really, um, vitality in the blood or whether it was affecting hormones. And so I would say one of the uh, elements that I would find across boards with certain women as they weren't eating quality uh, iron, you know, they'd given up red meat, we'll say. So if you look at uh, the animal, if you look at a cow who's grazing, I live in Colorado, so we have some beautiful pastures that, you know, they, they, they're eating in the background of the mountains. So the animal is actually infusing that energy. Mm, and when okay. it's raised humanely and slaughtered with respect and humanely, then that quality that that animal had of being, you know, very grounded, very sure-footed, very uh, strong. Okay. Then when you eat that meat, and we'll say grass-fed, free-range meat, you too are going to embody those qualities. Okay. Okay. Of being grounded, of, of fortifying the system, strengthening your vitality. Okay. And it doesn't mean you have to like eat it every day, but when you do so and you integrate that into your diet with other elements, you start to feel a whole lot more centered and what I'll call cohered and grounded. So able to accomplish those things you want to accomplish, have a more even mood swing. So you're not kind of all over the place. Okay. So it's eating food to truly kind of direct your food and mood as opposed to being at the whim of it. Okay. So just understanding what, uh, what things you, you're lacking or what things may be off balance and then integrating those, for example, with, when, with the iron, for example. Exactly. So you're not just like taking an iron supplement, which of course we might add to, to help boost the effect, but that you truly use your food as medicine. You know, you start to notice what is the quality that this food gives me? Because we go for a lot of fast foods, a lot of sugary foods that, sorry, that disperse our energy because that's the quality of sugar. It's very up and out. So it's, you know, sure. at first it gives us an energy buzz, but then it, you know, it causes a lot of, you know, what do I want to say? Lack of focus. Okay. And dysregulation. It, it feeds anxiety because it, it has that quickening effect. Okay. And so, so it's, it's, it's starting to direct our foods to counter that. Okay. Shift so be, that out of our diet. 
Sure. So just becoming in tune with what foods are going to serve you well, so to speak. Exactly. Or, or not. Okay. What serves you well. And it starts to look into, I guess, the whole study of psychology of eating, why we eat what we eat, you know, what are our hungers? Looking at what am I really hungry for? I have the seven hungers. And okay. you know, am am I hungry for companionship? Am I hungry for nutrition because my my hormones are are telling me to eat? You know, am I hungry because I'm anxious and I want to calm my energy? Okay. So we're really looking at, you know, and why did I choose the food I chose? Did I choose it just for convenience or did I choose it because, um, wow, I ate that food when I was a child. So there's an element of comfort there. There's an element of connection. Mm. Or I ate this food because science told me to eat it. <laughs> I'm going to eat the paleo diet because I, I read a book and it, it said, wow, that's fabulous. And I'm going to, so I'm going to be, it's fabulous. I think it's fabulous. I, I, I think that's my, at this stage of my work, what I really uh, desire to impart is bringing agency back to us as individuals that we know what feels right for us. Because I think we've, we're told so much of the time. So I call it body sensing okay. or embodiment. So you have an experience of what that food actually does in your body. You know, does it feel good to eat that way? Or maybe in some aspect of it, but but not the whole thing. So we don't eat with our heads. We actually digest with our gut. <laughs> sure. And that's our enteric nervous system, right? And it receives information thousands of times faster than our brain. Okay. So now how do you bring that agency back or what's the correlation between that and, and selecting foods that you eat or, or being in tune with your body? So actually that's what I just came out with is my uh, wild contemplation journal of embodiment. And there's numerous practices to start to body sense to go, Oh, that's what happened. Right. That's why, you know, I made this, this, promise to myself that I'm only going to eat when I'm sitting down. And sure enough, the next day you're running out the door with a shake and you're drinking it in the car because that's what we all do. Right. <laughs> but rather than getting into this pattern of, oh man, I really blew it. You know, forget that intention. It's like getting curious to, to what happened and how does it feel now? you know, dropping into your, your body to, to feel what's going on in here rather than getting caught in the thought patterns. But, oh, you know, the rest of my energy throughout the day felt a little shaky or a little anxious. Mm. Now, how does it feel if I sit down and chew my meal? Even if I do that for two minutes and then I lose awareness to start to, to track these body sensations and observations so that you can, you can come to, wow, you know, every time I eat corn chips, I, I feel anxious. I say that because I had that as a, a client who loved corn chips, you know, and I didn't want to come in and say, well, corn chips aren't good. There's, you know, getting rid of that good food, bad food orientation, sure. because 
if if it's of your heritage, if you're raised Hispanic or, or Native American, corn is such a uh, intricate source of nourishment. You okay. know, so you don't want to just say, well, that's a bad food. It's high in sugar. It's highly GMO. Blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, <laughs> where does that fit in that person's um, cosmology? Sure. And, you know, maybe they're going for crunch because crunch is the sense of biting into things and participating, right? Sure. So, yeah, we want to look at all the aspects, whether it's the texture, the flavor, the color, how it's grown, getting into what is the nature of that food. So what is the quality that you're you're looking to feed yourself with? Okay. We get so confused between quantity and quality that often we're looking to just to eat and go. Sure. Absolutely. A lot of people just not necessarily thinking about the food. Now, how does that start? Is it kind of a a trial and error thing or what, how exactly do you start with that, that whole body sensing process and, and how, how do you become more in tune with, with your body like that? Um, I think it is. uh, That's why I created a journal. So you start to see, well, how did I feel when I woke up this morning? I felt, you know, I felt a little sluggish, a little heavy. Hmm. That's curious. So note that because if you're keeping a log, you're going to notice what you had for dinner the night before and what time you ate it. Right. Cause that's going to okay. affect your whole well-being. Sure. So you start to track. And so then you go through your morning and then you notice, how do I feel before I have breakfast? Okay. okay. Oh, I'm feeling calm and focused, feeling pretty clear. And, and then what did I have for breakfast? I had eggs and uh, sauteed greens, right? And then you noticed what you have, how you felt after breakfast. Well, I did feel satisfied, but um, started to feel a little tired about an hour after breakfast. Okay. Right. That's curious. So it's just noting it and not giving, uh, not reading into it any further. Okay. And then, so you do that throughout the day. So you can start to see patterns, right? Maybe I don't, I want to eat eggs when I do something physical. So I get my energy moving. But if I eat eggs and I look at a computer screen in the morning, I start to feel tired mm, okay. because you start to have your body give you the information. Okay. So that journal kind of understand, you understand the picture of what's going on. Now you, if I understood you correctly, you just put things down initially and then you go back and you kind of analyze a little bit as far as the whys and the hows and, and so yeah, forth. You start, you start to see a pattern. Oh, I always lose energy at three o'clock in the afternoon and I always go for chocolate. <laughs> so maybe the meal that you're having at lunchtime uh, wasn't sustaining you, or maybe you need some kind of snack around two thirty that will pick you up. Okay. You know, you start to experiment with with different foods to see their effect on you. So I, I like to say so that you're choosing the food rather than the food choosing you. 
Yeah, yes. <laughs> that's, that's where that agency comes in, I think, perhaps. Right. And you're using it not because somebody else told it to you. Maybe that was a good suggestion and you're going to experiment with it. But I have so many people come in who go, oh, I just can't do this. You know, I, I'm, I'm a runner and taking all the carbohydrates out of my diet, I crash. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I used to be a sports nutritionist and I also worked in eating disorders. So I got a lot of background information, you know, through my clients of kind of what would work and what doesn't work. Sure. Okay. So you've, is it, um, how long do you, do you document that for a certain length of time before you really start implementing uh, different strategies? Yeah. I, I like people to, to go three weeks to a month. Okay. And I also uh, have these, what, seasonal cleanses that I do. So basically, they're, they're just whole foods, but they're really uh, oriented to the time of year, to the organs in, in Chinese medicine. Um, the time of year is related to an organ, what we call an organ energy group. Okay. So summer that we're in right now has to do with the element of fire and that has to do with the, the heart system, uh, what's called the triple heater in Chinese medicine. So our regulation of, of metabolism and uh, energy and heat within the body. Okay. And then um, the small intestine is also a fire uh, organ, which has to do with discrimination because the small intestine is always deciding this is going to go through the the system and go into the blood to nourish the body and this isn't right it's always going it's kind of a black and white organ where it's like this <laughs> is not good this is going to go into nourishment this is not right okay. it sends it down to the large intestine to be eliminated right so these cleanses are designed to support blood um, to decrease inflammation, this would be the summer refresh cleanse, um, to improve heart function because then the foods are in relationship to the season and to the organs within the body that are kind of at their Zenith at that time of year. Okay. So you, so you understand, you keep your journal, you understand what's going on, and then you're making changes based on what, uh, I guess, what symptoms you had before, what the, what the issue was, and then right. make, make those adjustments. Mm-hmm. Okay. So usually during the cleanses, and they're anywhere from three weeks to, from 10 days to three weeks, depending on the season. Um, then you start to look, well, I eliminated we'll say dairy. And then when you integrate it back in after the cleanse, then if you integrate it all by itself, you have the opportunity to go, Oh, wow, this is the effect that dairy has on my system. Sure. Because some people will say, Oh, well, dairy makes me congested, but that's because they read that Mm -hmm. as opposed to an experience. Okay. Then you get to have that experience to go, Whoa, if I eat a lot of dairy, I start to feel sluggish. I start to feel um, tired. I start to, to feel congested, whatever it might be. Or you know what? Dairy is really fine for me. Okay. So is there typically a, 
a cleanse, just do most of your clients do a cleanse before, you know, reintegrating different foods or re, I guess, implementing the energetics part of the food? Um, I like to, to do a cleanse because it gives you a, a, a clear starting point. Okay. And, sure. and they're really food-based gentle cleanses. And they're also lifestyle changes, right? Because you start to eat. I find so many of my clients go, but I don't want to end the cleanse. <laughs> and you don't really have to end the cleanse, right? Maybe you're not going to take the supplements that are, you know, supporting whether it's liver detoxification or, or colon cleansing, that sort of thing. But the, the lifestyle or the pattern of eating, they, they, they're starting to eat basically whole real foods and they feel good. They're sleeping better. Their attention span is stronger. You know, they feel good. Yes. And who doesn't want to feel good? <laughs> exactly. Like you start, I, I think it's, it's always enlightening. Uh, there's a questionnaire before every cleanse and you go through and you start to have you know, a scale of one to five, how sleep, all these different questions. Sure. And it, it's so funny when we start to feel better, we forget, maybe this is fortunate, how, how bad we felt before. Okay. So it, it's really helpful to go back and see, oh, wow. You know, I wasn't sleeping through the night and now I'm sleeping through the night or I wasn't waking up feeling, you know, excited about my day. Okay. And now I wake up and I'm ready to, to start. Yeah, it's ready to tackle the day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, now, rather than, good. oh, if I could just sleep another hour, that would be great. <laughs> yes. Now, how do people get started with this? Or do you find that clients are at kind of different phases in the, the process? Or what is, um, if someone is kind of just getting started, what would you suggest? Well, yeah, there's every phase from the really chronically ill who are highly motivated to the, sure. I just want to, you know, mm -hmm. I'm a, a professional athlete and I want to up my game, you know, mm -hmm. I, so there's this huge spectrum. Okay. And, you know, motivation is, is everything, but so there's education and I, I don't ever go cold Turkey because I don't think that we work real well. I noticed that when we restrict, we constrict, right. Mm -hmm. And then there's this, backlash that you just go, you know, forget this. I'm not going to do that. Don't tell me what to do. It's just human nature. And so it, it's really gently modifying. People will always come in and say, don't take away my coffee. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to take away your coffee, but let's make sure that your coffee has really high quality. You know, do you put cream in your coffee? Okay. Well then let's use a, uh, a half and half that has a lower pasteurization temperature so that you're actually getting some of the uh, microorganisms that are healthy. Okay. Uh, and I'm so just... it's a, it's a step-by-step -step process. So <laughs> someone starts to feel better, then they're more motivated. And, okay. and that's what I notice is people start to get excited as opposed to like, oh my gosh, help. <laughs> sure absolutely oh well esther how can people get in contact with you when they're ready to start this process well uh two different ways one is my website which is www.alchemyofnourishment.com and then i am working with 
uh, Dragonfly Wellness. Mm, okay. And they are hosting all the cleanses where you'll get your education videos. So you get all of my philosophy, cooking classes, and each of the seasonal cleanse. Okay. Wonderful. And so that's where you can get packages. <laughs> and also, I think you get a monthly, you know, in-person consult with me. But I I work internationally, so I have clients all over the world, you know, since Zoom got so popularized over COVID. Energy work, because energy doesn't uh, require that we are in the same room. So I do the, the energy healing at a distance as well. Okay, fantastic. Now, we will include all of these in the show notes. Esther, it has been amazing. I really enjoy your work with with energetics and really being in tune. This has been fabulous to get to know get to know the, the science behind it and then how that can can affect our bodies and our minds and and our work. So I really appreciate all that you do. Thanks so much for being here on the podcast today. Thank you. It's been really a joy. I, I just like want to open a different window of possibility for people yeah. to like take control back. Absolutely. And they can take control back by working with you. Thank you, Esther. Thank you. 